Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. Today, roughly 42 million unpaid caregivers care for older loved ones in the United States. By 2050, Older adults will represent over 20% of the population. How are we going to care for all of them? Join me, Sujin Pak, the host of Uncared For, as I turn the spotlight on the emotional highs and lows of elder care in season two. Through intimate conversations with family caregivers, we'll explore what it takes to ensure our loved ones can age with dignity. Uncared For from Lemonada Media and the Commonwealth Fund is out on May 15th, wherever you get your podcasts. Lemonada. I'm Kiki Monique, and this is I'm Sorry, the unapologetic show about apologies. And this week, I purchased eight cases of seltzer because carbonated water is my healthiest vice. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and I am Mohana Del Sheikhi, and this week I'm back from Portland in Brooklyn, and I'm enjoying how humid it is. <laughs> and I'm Oha Lopez, and this week I am so excited because we have such an incredible guest joining us. She is a pop culture expert, the host of MTV's new competition series, Merch Masters, and everyone's TikTok BFF. She's truly taking over right now, doing it all, and I'm so excited she's here. So please welcome to the show, Teffy. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello, Teffy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like TikTok's BFF. I, I like to also call you like the big sister, even though I'm older than you. I feel like you're still like my big sister because I'm like you give all of the advice I want to hear and you talk about all the things. I feel like there was I don't know if you feel the same way. There was like this magic moment in like mm -hmm. the summer, spring, summer of 2020 when TikTok was just like amazing. And you were one of the first accounts that like showed up on and I was like, She's everything. She's giving me the pop culture. She's giving me the advice. And I felt like there was this awesome graduating class of TikTok 2020 people. And I felt so like honored to sort of even like when you became my mutual, I was like, so honored. We were in the same graduating class. I was like, wait, what? Nobody else knew the Bravo details uh, like I did, you know? Yeah. Like, what was that? Um, the psychic with the cigarette? I do that oh. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Allison, Allison. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm like, he doesn't emotionally fulfill you. Like I do it all the time. And I'm like, this person just like gets it. The housewives is a cultural phenomenon. All right. So I, I mean, my I had a boss once say, whatever you are, you become more of when you're wealthy. And the housewives are such an example of that. Oh, that's funny. You yeah. know what I mean? So like if you're a dick when you can you curse on this? 
Of course. Oh, yeah. All right. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no apologies. Thank about you. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so after I curse, that's what it is. but um, <laughs> like if you're a dick when you are building, you know, your uh, your business, your company, your brand, whatever, when you're successful, you just become like that personified. And I feel like the women, you know, you got to give it up for Kim Zolciak. She's the same girl. She's the same. Remember when she was quitting smoking and she hid her cigarettes at the refrigerator? <laughs> it's just so. You know how many times I say thank you, Papa, to people? <laughs> like, no, there's like, there's something about those early housewives that I feel like it captured. I don't know if we'll ever get that again because everybody knows the formula, they know what's going to happen. And yeah, those earlier housewives, there's just nothing. You're right. They. They personify themselves and they just get more money and they become that 10 times fold. And it's like amazing. Like no matter whose team you may be on, like I will never deny that Kim Z, one of the greatest housewives of all time. Would I be friends (laughs) with her? Not a day in the life. Would I watch her every day? Every day of my life. Every day. (laughs) So like when I saw you on TikTok and you were breaking down, uh, God, I forgot what you were breaking down, but there was, I mean, there's always a crisis. Always. Exactly. And I was like, this is it. I found my people. I got to stop watching these sophomores catch their boyfriend cheating because I'm looking around being like, no one's going to ask me to prom. (laughs) (laughs) And I was so scared, too, because I thought TikTok, like I went into TikTok, Mm -hmm. like I'm like, I don't do dances. Like, I mean, I don't know. And I'm like, I'm just all I can do is talk. And so when I found my community of people who were just like talkers, I'm like, this is great. This is all I want to be in. Just people who can't stop talking. Yeah, that's me. People ask me to stop all the time. I'm like, (laughs) I wish I could. (laughs) I remember because I watched the first like couple of seasons of like Real Housewives like Orange County and then I sort of like dropped off but I'll tell you those seasons really sort of like permeate in my life like I remember like Brianna Vicky's daughter I remember that whole circuit and I really don't watch Housewives as much now but um, unless something really, really saucy right. pops up and then you'll catch me on the on the greatest hits. Right. But I remember like at that time, like the Hills was coming up. OC had just been done. So like there was this lore around Orange County and around that space. So it was just an amazing time for that particular show uh, to pop up. Also, like my sweet 16, like there was like rich oh people being God. bad on TV. Yeah. It was like the uh, for me, like a golden era because we were past like all the shitty MTV shows and we got into like the reckoning, like the beginning of this of this craze. And it is super impressive to me the like the stay power that these that these shows have and the expansion it's insane i just love that you said my sweet 16 truly that show <laughs> was, so was something <laughs> like, taylor yes how we amazing taylor yes amazing. there was so many people on so many celebs and stuff like that and just seeing those kids what they asked for and, and all of that stuff i was just like i never want to be that i actually don't want to be invited to those uh parties but it's very fun to watch well, during that time, um, one, Vicky's love tank was empty. All right. And yes. then two, um, everybody was, I call it the Paris Hilton effect. We were obsessed with the rich, thin, mean blonde girl. So if you look throughout, like even mean girls, like all of that stuff, like the, the mean girl, um, was that always came from like this huge house and this privileged life. Like that is the Paris Hilton effect. Like when in my sweet 16, 
when the girl was like, this isn't the Range Rover that I want. <laughs> Golden. Like, no That is shame. iconic. Iconic. Or when the girl's handing out invitations to her party. She's like, give me back the invitation. You're not invited anymore. That was in Miami. I know. I was in Miami. I was like, I know. Wait, I just, I, and I saw that girl on TikTok recently. Like, I, like, she, like someone asked, asked about her. her. Yeah. <laughs> I know her by name. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> I, I love her. Um, but that time, like, that bratty behavior, it was almost like a, it was part of the privileged persona that we were like obsessing over. And that's the Paris Hilton effect. Absolutely. The way that Paris Hilton like curated pop culture to surround her is insane to me. And she didn't even ask for it, really. She was just kind of fucking doing her own thing. Yeah. It's the only way that kind of shit pops up. It always happens organically. It's always somebody being like full on their, like them crazy selves. Cause even if people try to curate it, I never feel like that effect can be like truly doubled. Like you can never copy that fully. Um, Well, well, mm -hmm. no, no, no. Go on. No, you polite bitch. (laughs) You go. (laughs) Fuck these manners. You are the goddamn (laughs) guest, Tuffy. Well, I was going to say, like, her behavior, if she was a middle-class kid or even, like, coming from a low-income family, it would be seen as trashy. Oh, yeah. But because she was rich, it was privileged and edgy. Because let me tell you something. She wasn't the only one smoking and going out. I was trying to do my Paris Hilton shit, too. And I'm like, why is everybody treating me a little differently? (laughs) Yeah, it it felt a lot different when I was in my my 84 Escort. Like, nobody was like... And only now that we appreciate humanizing people, like I always tell people, like we had no idea who Britney Spears was singing about when she sang Toxic. We have no idea who Christina Aguilera, well, we have some idea. We have no idea who Christina Aguilera is talking about when she did her album Stripped, but we didn't need like specifics. Now we need all these specifics like Ariana Grande having a whole song called Pete Davidson. So with this need of like humanizing people all the time where we can maybe feel bad for them in a way, Paris Hilton needed to come out and tell us the worst trauma of her life. You know what I mean? On a nationally, internationally, international streaming service, excuse me. So that was in order for her to kind of like have a comeback and people like, oh, you know what? You know, it's almost like, um, it's almost like in order to be relevant, uh, people need to feel like they can help you. Oh, absolutely. Where absolutely. Back then you had to be untouchable. It's such a good point too. Cause I was, I was actually just listening like, you know, Megan Markle came out with her new podcast like mm-hmm. yesterday and I was listening to it. And I remember like in the beginning, it was like her and Serena talking. And there was a moment where I was like, ah, oh, like I feel like it's two rich women talking and I can't relate to them. But I was like, but I still love them and I don't care. And I think that is the side of me where it's like, I don't care, but I also, I want you to relate to me. Why am I, why do I crave that from them? I need that. Yeah, I was listening to this podcast. I'm not going to say whose, but this woman was like, I'm just at the place in my life where if you care about yourself, you will find a way to budget and get a nutritionist. I was like, never in my fucking life. Are you out of your fucking mind? I have to pay health insurance. I'm going to pay somebody to tell me what to eat. You eat the fucking salad, eat the bread, go to sleep, eat, drink water, have a little bit of dessert. Don't overdo. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to be normal. I'm not going to pay you to tell me I'm a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I can do that all by myself. Thank you very much. Please. If my mom heard me on that podcast, she'd call me and she'd say, what's it like being embarrassing? (laughs) (laughs) 
Is it nice? I know. Now it's like I'm wondering if I'm craving a little bit because like now we've kind of like gone 180. Mm-hmm. Like now I actually think I'm missing some of those reality shows. I would like shows. to know them less. Yes, I would like to know exactly. Them less. Like, can we bring back some of these like old school reality shows where it does feel like I was actually thinking the other day about like even just pimp my ride because I was like I would even love to just meet the people like 10 years like what happened 10 years after you had an aquarium and a cappuccino maker put in your trunk like it exploded you- <laughs> they, they literally did i think they did a follow-up maybe with like three or four people and all of them all of them they had their car ruined either accidents or they're just like yeah you know what i never used that pool table that is in my car and they were like we wanted leather seats <laughs> exactly <laughs> you're like nope still got cloth He's like, guess what? You've always liked koi fish? Check out the wheels. And then like two years later, there's like dead koi fish. It's just constantly hitting pavement. The smell is putting the, everyone off in the neighborhood. They haven't been able to date in five years. It's yeah. Exactly. It's so funny because like not everything I like has to be on my car. They're like, you said you love pancakes. Well, we drew a big pancake on your I'm like, no, that's embarrassing. I cannot drive around with this. They're like, well... Yeah. It's what yeah. you got. And it looks like a butthole. I get it. One hundred percent. You know what's so crazy too about that time is I think of like because we didn't have those words then. We didn't know that that they were like we understood privilege, but we just didn't understand oh it, my how God. we get I it now. You, I thought you meant butthole. I was like. <laughs> No, people have had a strong, <laughs> deep understanding of buttholes. I think for a millennia, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think they're. I think we've got a strong grasp. Although I will say, the age of the butthole is yeah. still alive. I feel like. Well, now we're is- sunning them. We're doing perineum, you know, sunning <laughs> mm-hmm. now to get you know feel better, mm-hmm. get mood boosting. Yeah. Yeah, but there were buttholes, and now and then there were privileged buttholes. And you're right. That's right. True. Thank you. And bring it back full circle. Like <laughs> um, but no, uh, there there is something like we didn't have the language that we have now. And so it's almost like, I don't know, like asking a bunch of toddlers to look at something and like dissect it. Like we could only do it from the perspective that we had at that point. Yeah. But looking back, cringe, baby. Not only cringe, but like like oha cringe me cringing at myself at like what i thought was cool and what i thought was fun versus what i think is cool and fun now very different oh god why didn't i wear sunscreen so i wish somebody told me you know it's cool mm-hmm. have you heard of spf no yes. baby we were burning up in burning. the 90s and in the early 2000s we were i was full face to the sun i was trumping i was like is the eclipse full on my face <laughs> my mom would suntan with iodine <laughs> oh, my oh my god we were killing ourselves this is what was happening oh, yeah. i remember i used to buy like compacts from the drugstore that had noxzema in it oh. like noxzema in my powder like i don't even know like if that's supposed to and be. you've lived to tell the tale i live to tell that is insane i remember as a kid when i was um getting like my prepubescent um pimples or whatever since it was clearing my acne i try to put out my front teeth noxema to whiten my teeth you know and i still can't remember the number nine so i'm just gonna <laughs> from bbc radio 4 britain's biggest paranormal podcast 
is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hi, I'm June Diane Raphael. And I'm Jessica St. Clair. And each week we are sitting down to talk all about life's twists, turns, and absurdities on The Deep Dive. From exploring the depths of TikTok, which is our only news source, to navigating the complexities of grief and loss, we are just two best friends behind a mic processing life together. This podcast is all about finding the silver linings in the madness. So get ready for unfiltered conversations about motherhood, careers, pop culture, and everything in between. Here at The Deep Dive, we're all about community. We believe in the power of sharing experiences and the strength that comes from supporting one another. And we would love to have you with us. So be sure to join us every Wednesday on The Deep Dive from Lemonada Media, wherever you get your podcasts. We were talking about this because this is sort of the same time, maybe a little bit later, when like Jen and Ben got together initially. Because this is like J Lo time, nineteen ninety nine. Yes, I am like obsessed with J Lo, even from Venezuela. Like this mm-hmm. is because we don't have a lot of like who crossover. else did we have? Salma? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we, we had Salma. We had Selena, but Selena wasn't like global global mm-hmm. like really j-lo was the only like big big yeah. latino artist and so now that ben affleck and jennifer lopez are like getting married again i feel like i'm having like flashbacks to 1999 oh, and, yeah. and to the early 2000s and honestly i'm loving it i loved that time of my life so i'm happy what about you guys i was in i was in eighth grade i was in eighth grade the world was my oyster the world was my oyster i was knee deep balls deep in Hollister and yeah. I couldn't get enough of it. I smelled like American musk. Yes. All right. <laughs> and uh, I would give anything to live on Laguna beach. I was pretending to like um, California. <laughs> Here we come. I know. So, I was like watching this show and I was like, fuck, I can't relate to a single fucking thing. <laughs> like this guy com- came from Juvie, like in the OC. This guy came from Juvie. This other person is a billionaire. Where are the bitches in the middle? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. So I, uh, I think it was a, it was a really hard time for people that did not look like those kids on TV. Yeah. Um, so JLo for a lot of us were like, she has boobs. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, and I remember many people growing up would call her big curvy. And I look now and I'm like, she has a fucking eight pack dude. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. were like, she is so thick. And I'm like, it's because we were obsessed with like 13 year old Scandinavian girls, you know? Yeah. 
Like her booty is perfection, but we thought it was the biggest booty in the world. When <laughs> I saw her- the fattest ass in the world. We said it was yeah. the fattest ass in the world. So Meanwhile, I'm like defying reality with a fatter ass at 14. <laughs> and I'm like, they're telling me that she has the fattest ass, but I literally have proof behind me that that's not true. <laughs> Someone donate me to science because I- I am a fucking freak then. No, it was incredible. I mean, looking back at those videos, that she first of all crazy in love with Beyonce she's 21 that's insane wild and why it also makes me want to throw up and then because at 21 I was applying to pimp my ride like we were in different (laughs) we were in different scenarios and then um J-Lo was 30 so when she got arrested with P. Diddy and spent the night over in jail she's maybe 30 she was my age she's 32 she was not a youngin so when people look at her and they're like, she's 50, I'm like, she's been been in the game for 20 years. Mm-hmm. The fact that Beyonce is younger than her and has been in the game for longer is crazy to me. Wow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, when I think about her career and being with Diddy and like getting arrested, if she was younger, it would be like, she'll, she's fine or whatever. But being 32, I was like, girl, you fucked up. I don't know <laughs> if you can come back. Yeah. <laughs> You got arrested in Times Square. That's crazy. <laughs> in a white bandana? Yeah. In a white fur. In a white <laughs> fur. It's true. Which is baller. One of the biggest things, one of the biggest, biggest like uh, moments in my life was Kamora Lee Simmons damning me. That to me. I'm wearing baby oh, fur right now by accident. I love I love Morley Simmons. I watched that reality show religiously. I just saw her today talking about maybe doing Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I was like, yes, please. Kidneys. I would give I would give a I would give a a, a cornea, whatever you need. Because of her, I've dreamed about bathing my feet in champagne. I will never (laughs) forget. We should do that actually. That sounds like a wonderful pedicure. Yeah, but I want to drink it. I want to drink it. But before, not after. (laughs) Before, not after, right? To clarify. To clarify, yeah. To clarify. Wait, can we know what the DM said? Oh, yeah. I wore baby fat and she sent me, baby fat sent me the uh, puffer jacket with the, um, with the furry hood. Oh Oh my God. God. And I lost my mind. Yes. And I lost my mind. Anyone would. And she said, oh, you look so cute or like you look great or whatever or something. And I said, ah, like, I was, was, there are certain people that like, I refuse to be cool for. There are certain people that I feel like, like, I'm not going to be cool with Kimora Lee Simmons. I don't want her to be my friend. I want her to know that I'm a fan. You know, like I'm a fucking fan. If she wants to be friends, am I going to decline? Absolutely not. Bring out the tub of champagne. Let's stick our little toesies in. I think that's so like, yeah, that's so important because like, yeah, you want like you love these people and the idea of being friends is like, but like, I still want people to always like, I love you. I fangirl over you. And like, we don't need, you don't need to know my deepest, darkest secrets for no. me to like, yeah. like, we don't need to be close like that. I just need to know that I, you, I love you and you love me. Great. That's all we need to have. Dolly, don't tell me a thing about you. <laughs> I love Dolly Parton so much. Yeah. You kidding me? Yeah. I would say, I would say probably mine is like JLo and Shakira are my two. I would say probably Shakira more than J-Lo because I like literally had album like Shakira's albums ever since I was like in the fourth grade. The cassette. The cassette. Talk about, yeah. yes, the cassette. Like talk about somebody who's been in the business for a long fucking time. Like that Super Bowl performance with J-Lo and Shakira, 
I was weeping from the beginning to the very yeah, end. Yeah, I was weeping. I was weeping. I yeah. could not stop crying. And after I saw that, the J-Lo doc where she was like, I could have been by myself. I was like, yes, you're right. They could have both done those mm-hmm. uh, halftime shows by themselves. But I was happy they did it together. I, I got both of my favorite girls in one go. Yeah, and then Pitbull came out, and I was like, Armando, get out the fucking stage, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> Armando, please, let us have one fucking thing. <laughs> well, you got to be in everything. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> like, Jesus. Well, I worked for a celebrity stylist for many years. That was, like, my first big girl job, and Ooh. I was her assistant. And she became big because she styled the Donde Están Los Ladrones CD oh. cover. With the with the black paint on the hands. Oh my god! She did that. And the dark eyeliner and the pink uh-huh. and the red and the like sort of like faux dreads. Yeah, that was my boss. Oh, so sometimes Shakira would call the office and I pick up and I go hi. And she goes hola, está Irma? And I'd be like yes, <laughs> you know. And but um, they have a great relationship. And she also I got to meet Paulina Rubio, it, um, like a bunch of people. Talia, like a who's married to Tony Matola, who was married to Mariah Carey, who left him and he got really mad. So he found the next big thing that was going to replace Mariah Carey, and that was J Lo. <laughs> so it's crazy. Yeah, no, I love that, and I lo- look the J Lo and Mariah Carey like their their whole like acting like they don't know each, or at least Mariah acting like she's it's my favorite beef that doesn't exist it's not real beef but it's just beef that like we as the viewers watch it's my favorite but yeah i feel like looking back she just didn't want to comment oh yeah mm-hmm. she just didn't want to comment and they were like okay i think we're gonna make this a meme <laughs> yeah <laughs> which not commenting is the is unacceptable at this point in the world i mean not to me you cannot comment as uh, forever but it does feel like the no comment it almost like adds it's an another admission. month to the fire. Yeah. I, if if somebody said, "Do you like J Lo's music?" and I said, "No comment." Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like know what that means. It's like in court. It's yeah. Bad. It's like yeah. in, in <laughs> court when they say plead the fifth. It's just like, okay, you did something bad. You, you fucking yeah. have something. Yeah. Like I'd rather you just say no. It's that bad. You don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's Fuck. crazy. How how are you guys feeling? Just to go back to my girl Jayla, how are you guys feeling about the Benefer like two point What's I love going it. on in your brain? I love it. If it's PR, I'm loving the show. I'm not going to change the <laughs> channel. I just felt like they didn't get a fair shake that first time. I really feel like you know Ben was getting like outside pressure and like she was feeling insecure in like ways of being with him. And I just felt like they just didn't get a fair shake. And I'm actually glad they're like getting to do it. Like definitely on her terms now. Like that's how it should have been from the beginning. And I, yes. I don't know. I, I enjoy that so much. I don't know why that people are so obsessed with Ben Affleck's mom. I've never seen a picture of her, but the first thing that they always talk about is like Ben Affleck's mother loves her. Ben Affleck's mother hates her. Like, I always hear this about people that he's with. Oh, Ben Affleck's mother is very concerned. I'm like, who is this woman? I literally didn't see her until she fell off the dock at the wedding in oh, Georgia. That's right. I saw that. And oh, no. that was the first time I saw her. By the way, that her. sounds like a song. She fell off the dock. And literally, so, there's something there. Continue. Yeah, she fell off the dock. And then that's when we also discovered her name is Christopher. Like, not only Mm -hmm. did we see her face for the first time, I was like... We're just getting to know the Afflecks now. Yeah, just (laughs) getting to know them. But I, yeah, I feel like in 2003, though, they... 
I can't even, the thing that gets me is we always talk about how paparazzi was so awful when paparazzi is just as bad right now. I just think that we need to feel better about right now. Like in 10 years, we'll be like, can you believe how awful the paparazzi were? Like, yes, I can believe it. Yeah, absolutely. So with the paparazzi back then, I think that maybe they started out wanting to be public like Julia Roberts and Benjamin Bratt, they had no problem sharing everything, but it kind of like, especially if you're internet facing now, you give a little bit. And then pe- people are still in my DMs asking about stuff that I brought up like years ago. Like I got scammed one time on Etsy for press on nails. They won't let it go. <laughs> uh, yes, I got, they want me to say it. I won't say it. They know I got scammed. They know it didn't fucking arrive. <laughs> It's a beautiful set for a pound 50. I should have fucking known. Yeah. Well, those people clearly need some life advice, as do several mm-hmm. of your followers who we oh, reached God. out to. And they knew you were going to be on the show. And they love, obviously, either BFF. They're like, if it's we the have... astrology, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we didn't even get into astrology. I feel like you you guide your life by astrology as much as I do. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But, you know, they had some questions. It was relationship advice. And so okay. they were hoping you can help them out. We have a few questions. The first question was, Dump him. my boyfriend. <laughs> That's probably going to be the answer. Exactly. My boy. <laughs> My boyfriend has a girl best friend. She's the only girl in the guy group and doesn't know boundaries. She's had issues with the other girlfriends of the group. What should I do? Okay. So first and foremost, I know there's a lot of like jokey jokes about um, us having friends of the opposite sex. And I have a lot of wonderful, wonderful friends of the opposite sex that have never tried to enter me. And I love that. All right. And they are um, really, really kind and uh, we're, we've known each other for many years. And of course they begin dating. It has never been an issue, um, for me because as a girl, as a a girl, that's a friend of theirs, I want her to make sure I want her to know that if he were to ever fuck up, I'm a woman first. You know what I mean? Like I'm calling and I'm like, I love, I'm going to make, I love Sam Smith so much. But you know, I'm your girl, you know, and I'm so that's something that I make really, really known first and foremost. If a if the girl best friend doesn't do that, that's a red flag for me. So whenever you want somebody to do something that's in your favor, I make it as though it it works in their benefit. So I would try to have like lunch and coffee together and I would try to listen to her about her dating advice. And I would say, you know, my boyfriend, Bob really wants us to be close. And I think you dress so cool. Like, be a fan for a minute. What is it? You got to swallow your pride for a little bit for the sake of peace. But at the same time, you have to know that if this bitch tries anything, she can never say anything bad about you. You did everything that you could. You tried to be her friend. You were always kind. And when I have to walk away from something or I look at somebody, I've always been in the position where I can say, I never fucked with you. Mm-hmm. I never fucked with you and I gave you the opportunity to be friends with me because I'm a good friend. But now, not only did you lose me, but this is obviously going to affect your relationship with my boyfriend. Sorry to say, I don't know what delus- delusional planet you live in, but I give it up. <laughs> so I I love that because I will say as someone who is perpetually single and does have a lot of guy friends, like I do appreciate when the girl makes the effort you to get to know me and wants to have a relationship with me and like kisses my ass a little bit because like at the end of the day, I was here first. So like make me feel like that. Make me feel there this is important. There is no competition. The, the idea of competition, 
I truly like I have to look if you are a friend that is in love with your guy best friend who has a girlfriend, I have to tell you it is not right person wrong time. If they wanted to, they would have they would have been with you already. I don't care if you fooled around in the past, if you kissed one time in college, if they wanted to fool around with you, you think men know boundary you think he would say, I want to preserve our friendship. Are you out of your fucking mind? Absolutely so not. True. It's so true. If you're hanging around thinking he is going to see you one day, no, hon, he's seen you and he didn't want to be with you. So yeah. And you might as well get a new girlfriend out of it. That's what I see. You know, I see that. Um, but I do feel really, really bad for the girls that do let the girl best friend in and they fuck them over. And it's, yeah. but it's never successfully. It's because they see texts, they see Snapchats, um, they see emails, they overhear a conversation of them being like, I don't like her. It's never the guy really fucking around. It's the girl kind of pulling. So do yourself a favor. And um, if the girl best friend has no boundaries, meet her and meet her as a girl and just be like, well, if you were me, how would you feel? That's it. And if she can't meet you in the middle, that's not your fucking problem. Let her ruin her her friendship. That's not your fucking problem. Get out of here. We have enough problems. Absolutely. That's it. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. After season one aired, I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few, and of course, my 90-year-old mom, Judy. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me Season 2 is out now from Lemonada Media. Do you ever get hit with a cringy memory of your 13-year-old self out of nowhere and suddenly you're panicked, sweating, and laughing at the same time? Don't, don't worry, don't worry. We all get that. It's because being an adolescent is one of the most visceral shared experiences we have as people. And we want to talk about it. Join me, Penn Badgley, and my two friends, Nava and Sophie, on Podcrushed as we interview celebrity guests about the joys and horrors of being a teenager and how those moments made them who they are today. New episodes of Podcrush are out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we have one more, which is really interesting one. Um, long distance relationships. And I need this one actually for myself because I, you know, I just moved to California from Brooklyn and I still love, I still love Brooklyn men. And like, I can't find You love here, Brooklyn I, men? I love Brooklyn <laughs> men, I do. And I'm like, I can't find men in LA. But like, I realized if I still lived in New York, I could probably date a man in Miami because right. even though it's the same length of, of a flight of New York to LA, it's the same time zone. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could cross time zones, California, LA. I don't know. What is your advice for long distance relationships? I personally have seen so many successful ones, right? I know one person that has been dating a man since college. She's my age. He lived in um, Amsterdam or Copenhagen. I forget. Wow. Or and she was in Kansas and they <laughs> met when he came oh, over wow. as a foreign exchange student for like a year. And when he left, they maintained their exclusive relationship. Holy shit. What? And they but she she told me she was like, it not only is it an investment of 
time and energy. It's money. You got to fucking see each other. So, um, I, and I, but, and I've tried, I've tried doing long distance stuff. My love language just does, does not meet up. And I don't need people like that. Like, I think people assume that because I'm a cancer, I'm, I'm needy or whatever. I am a Virgo rising through and fucking through. Yes. Let me like, let me go. Let me I'll work. see you in two months. Yeah, I'm not cheating on you. I'm trying to make money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I'm constantly looking at everything as an opportunity. How can I get organized? My house is a fucking mess, but my finances, like, let me, you know? And if I'm not working, I'm trying to come up with ideas. I'm trying to do research on stuff that I can do, whatever. Um, I'm trying to have meetings or I'm trying to have a wine with my girlfriend. So sometimes I, I'm very much someone who's also present and I need touch. I touch okay, and quality yeah. time. FaceTiming doesn't do it for me. So if you're going to get into a long distance relationship, first and foremost, you got to say your expectation. Because if I had had that conversation, this guy was so fucking annoying though. He was like always fucking FaceTiming me in public. Like I would, oh, I would be in the security line at the airport. He wanted to FaceTime me. And I'd <laughs> no. be like, why? And he goes, just answer. I want like, who cares? I'm like, I care. On a phone, they can hear my side of the story, which is already horrifying. On FaceTime, they can hear both. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. So I was like, just text me, you know? And he loved FaceTime. So um, he would be, and I have a product manager, an assistant, and, um, and a manager that uh, have access to my account. So God forbid if I'm on a plane, have a family emergency and something needs to be posted, they'll do it. And there were a few times when this person would call me and I would be in a meeting and I would silence it and somebody would post something for me on social media and he would say, you know, oh, you think uh, never fucking mind then. I guess social media is more important. First of all, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> yeah, is. It's paying my bills. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's my job. So, yeah. Yeah. But not only that, like you don't, if you care about what I do with my phone, pay the fucking phone bill. Fuck you. You know, um, so, but I pay that. Okay. And that was very hard for my mother to tell me that I was off the family plan. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm telling so, you, 26 was a hard age. No insurance yo, and no phone plan. I was not having it. What? I'm Googling Cobra. No, I, <laughs> no. But so when it comes to long distance, I think expectation and love language is first and foremost. And then you can be honest if you can meet it. Because if you really like this person and you want to make it work, but you're not a good morning texter, I don't, I, I looked at myself and I said, you know what? I don't need a good morning text. And he's like, I do. And I said, ah, I don't think it's going to work out because you're very needy. And this person deserves to be with someone that has the same love language mm -hmm. as they do. And I deserve to be left alone to make money. So that's like, <laughs> so that's like where uh, long distance for me is like, if you know how to still connect with one another with that distance, and my manager is in a three-year relationship where he lives in Barcelona and she lives in Napa. Wow. So they see each other once a month and they trade off. And that is a lot of fucking money. Yeah. That's an investment. That's 11 hours in economy. That's love, babe. You actually changed my mind because I actually thought I couldn't do long-distance relationship. But now that you're saying it, if I lay out my expectations and like yeah. what I want, 
I don't want to clean my room all the time. So actually someone 11 hours away that I could just talk through through a, yeah. a, and they don't have to see my messy room. That might actually work better for me. Or some people are better at connecting like that. Like maybe one-on-one in person isn't for you. Maybe people do grow closer through FaceTime and text and all that. And maybe you need that excitement. Like my manager used to tell me, I love the excitement of going to see him. It, and the missing him makes it so exciting for us. And it works for us because we're both very busy. That's another thing. You got to date people who are busy like you are. I don't care Mm -hmm. if it's uh, on the busy scale, because when people have small lives, small things are huge. So like when little things happen, like if you're at the bar and you tell your long distance boyfriend, like, oh, so and so hit on me and they get fucking infuriated. I'm like, first of all, I live in a society. I've been getting hit on since I was 14. So I don't know what the fuck you want from me. And two and or a person once told me, like, you need to call that person and tell them to respect the boundaries in our relationship. And I said, I'm absolutely not doing that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely not. No. What do people, people are out here expecting crazy shit in the world. That doesn't I'm not make your any fucking sense. wife. I know. Crazy. I know. People get the, yeah, people get a lot of uh, bad advice from those uh, YouTube men, you know, who, uh, <laughs> oh, the like alpha pickup artists? Yeah, the alphas who are just like, yeah, this is what you should ask and this is what you should expect. And then it never works out. And I'm just like, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought that was going to work out. Amazing. No, they're like, step number one, tell her she has fucked up teeth. Like, I don't... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, um, Mohaned, I think it's your favorite. Yeah. Your favorite segment of my, the day. Yeah, favorite and last segment, which is we do Sorry Not Sorry, where we either apologize to someone or ask for an apology. And I'm going to start with Doha, like we do every week. Yes. Um, I would like an apology from my uh, friend Kim, who's vegan, not because she's vegan, but um, that's not something she necessarily needs to apologize for. But we go out to eat a lot, you guys, right? And guess who has to go eat vegan food every single time we go out? I do. And whilst I love vegan options, your girl is also paying good money to go to a restaurant, right? So Mm. sometimes I just want a little chicken. I just want some salmon. I want a good, I want a round steak. I want something that has meat in it. And um, my friend will not go to a restaurant (laughs) that sells meat, even if they have side options that she could choose from. Oh, I see. And so I'm at a I'm at a I'm at a stopping point with this um, with this friend. And I just have to learn my lesson and I have to know that she's just not somebody I can go out to eat with anymore. Maybe once every couple months or something like that. But she can't be. Like, she can't be that that girl for me, you know? And um, it's a hard lesson I'm having to learn. But uh, if you ain't flexible, we're Come not getting on, anywhere. Yeah. Come Have on. some french fries next week. Or just, I know, is that rude? Maybe no. No, it's not. No. Thank you. Yeah, I would like an apology um, <laughs> from from Kim. She knows who she is. <laughs> you know who you are. Yeah, you, know you know who you, who you are, are, you Kim. bitch. <laughs> yes. Okay, Kiki, what's happening with you this week? Honestly, I just I I just need an apology from the the airline industry as a whole. Like oh. I've been trying to find yeah. flights back to New York and like I don't I don't know when it became like a trip to Europe just to like go across the country. <laughs> it is. Like yeah. I just it's more I just want to go home. Yeah, I just want to go home and see some people and um I, it's not impossible. asking for much. Not, not asking, asking for, for much. much. Yeah. And I know fuel prices are 
high. They seem to be coming down. Um, chicken wing prices have come down. Prices seem Thank to be coming God. down a little bit. They are, yeah. But not airline prices. No, they they like where we're at. They're at, yeah. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we we you you accepted this. We can live with this now. Exactly. And we're going to give you a middle seat in the last row for $2,000. <laughs> okay, for $2,000. <laughs> Here's 45G. <laughs> oh Horrible. Well, well, our guest, we're going to ask you, what, who do you want to apologize for? I'd like to apologize to my mother because yesterday I, had a, I was swamped. And I sometimes like will skim a text and she is someone who like, if she sends me a selfie of her and her friends, I'm like, oh my God, I love Stacy's shoes. She's like, you're not going to tell me I'm pretty. Like she's like that. Right. And good for her. (laughs) And so she's someone like, she needs you to read it and she needs you to acknowledge. Okay. And yesterday I was typing something up, sending an urgent email and like getting ready to do um, something else. And I see that she WhatsApp me and she said an update about um, her flight and what she ate and that she was waiting to go into a meeting. And I said, that's great, mom. And then I see her text me back and she goes, that's great. Really? And I go, yeah, that's great. She goes, excuse me. And I reread the message and she's telling me how she bit into something and she chipped half her tooth. And I was like, I am so sorry. Oh and God. she was, and she was like, Estefania, no te da vergüenza, no te da pena. No. And I was like, Aren't you embarrassed? Aren't you full of shame that you don't even pay attention to your mother? And I'm like, Yes, I am embarrassed. So I'd like to say sorry to my mom that she chipped her tooth. Um, but yeah, maybe um, next time I'll read the text message and I'll answer the way that you want. She wanted me to fly over there probably and glue it on. Absolutely. Well, not. yeah, that's what she really wanted. <laughs> that's what she wanted. Oh my god. She wanted me to be like, <laughs> like that. It and reminds me. Happen. It reminds me of that time I posted a picture of myself um, in a place uh, like right after my grandma <laughs> passed away, mm-hmm. and this guy posted, "You look stunning," and I was like, "No, honey, <laughs> no, read the room. This, if you read the caption." It's about how my grandmother died. <laughs> so, King, you, you gotta, we gotta read it. I we love gotta read when it. People do that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would have responded. Thank you. My grandmother would have loved that. Yeah, she <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God. Well, I'm gonna end with this, but uh, my, I'm, I'm, I'm demanding an apology also from from airlines because I was just traveling, okay. and on my way to Portland, it was a six hour flight. My flight was the the coldest flight you can ever imagine. I hate that. And I was wearing a t-shirt the whole and, and I was, you know, I didn't like have a hoodie or anything and I just froze for 6 hours. It was bad and I hated it. And then on the way back I was like, you know what? It's not going to happen again. I'm going to get one of those like, you know, uh, plain blankets. Okay. It's the same airline, same trip, same everything, just the opposite. I get in, I put the blanket on and one of the hottest flights I've ever been in. And I'm just like, why are you fucking with me right now? Like, why? Did you see the blanket that I bought? Is that why, why we're doing this? It was so hot. Yeah. Like, I literally was just like, can I take my T-shirt off at this point? What's happening? Fuck. Yeah. Oh, they're like, get a load of this guy. Like, get a load of this guy. Oh, you want a blanket? Exactly. Um, Teffy, thank you so much for joining us. Everyone can find, I mean, they should already be following you at Hello Teffy. Oh You're like TikTok's BFF. You do 
I say I do deep dives, but like you put my deep dives to shame. Like, no, you you're do deep diving. <laughs> you're deep diving. I just go. I just have to talk about that food that she ate in 2007. I'm, uh, it's, no, don't but worry you, about it. You do the best deep dives. Follow, uh, watch your new show, Merch Masters on MTV. Amazing. You have a show on MTV. I yes. love it. Um, you're you're everything. You're everything we want to be. And um, thank you for joining us. Oh, my God. You guys are angels. Thank you so much. Bye, Taffy. Thank you. I'm Sorry is a Lemonada Media original. The show is produced by Alex McCohen. Supervising producer is Chrissy Pease. Our executive producers are Stephanie Whittles-Wax and Jessica Cordova-Kramer. Our mix is by Kat Yor, and theme music was composed by Xander Singh. If you like this show, please rate and review. And please don't cancel us. You can find out more about our show at Lemonada Media on all social platforms or follow us on Instagram at I'm sorry underscore podcast. We'll be back next week. And until then, be nice, play fair and always say I'm sorry. Thanks for listening. I'm Paul F. Tompkins. I'm Lauren Lapkus. And I'm Scott Ackerman. And together we make up the show Freedom! We're comedians from Los Angeles who are also friends. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? (laughs) And on our podcast, we just chat with each other, have fun, play games. It's just a good hang. We just talk about everything that's happened in our lives ever before and up to now and what will happen next. (laughs) We see the future. (laughs) So the new season's out now. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you get them. Wherever. Wherever. Bye. Last Day is a show about the moments that change us. I just don't think I will ever get used to this. I'm Stephanie Whittles-Wax, and I have had one of these moments. We all have. So let's unpack the chaos that is our human existence together. I don't believe things happen for a reason. I don't believe the universe has a plan. Each week, I sit down with a new guest to explore happy, sad stories of transformation. It's leaning far, far into the pain. That's what it is. Listen to Last Day wherever you get your podcasts.